Hey, I'm Erica Jarvis. And I'm Amy Randolph. And you're listening to Podcast Rewind. The podcast about all of the podcasts that we just can't stop listening to. Exactly. When you're done with the show, come join us on social media. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at PodcastRWD or be our friend on Facebook. Search Podcast Rewind. And don't forget, you guys are the most important to us. So come and rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, now on Spotify, or wherever you're listening to your podcast. Exactly. All right, let's get on with the show. Welcome to episode 33 of Podcast Rewind. I'm Amy Randolph, one of your hosts, who can be found online at I'm Amy Randolph on Instagram or Twitter. And sitting with me is my co-host. Hey, everybody. I am the other half of Podcast Rewind, Erica Jarvis. And as Amy said, you can find me also on the internet. I'm at Erica Jarvis. And I'm excited to talk podcasts. I'm excited to talk podcasts, too. Awesome. So how cool is it that we have a podcast where we talk about podcasts? It's pretty meta. It's just so relevant. (laughs) (laughs) So relatable. Hashtag relatable. This, you know, I have a serious case of the Sunday Scaries this week. I do, too. So I'm so glad that we're podcasting and get to do something fun, but I just... I have fear in my heart for Monday morning. You know what? I was actually starting to like get tired and I was thinking to myself like, if I don't podcast, then it's not Sunday night, then it's not Monday. <laughs> it but like count. doing the podcast makes tomorrow Monday because we do it on Sunday night. Yeah. So it's like, what if I don't do it while Monday come? Yes. Oh, fuck. It will come okay. and then we'll have to cool. podcast Monday night and cool, then cool, we'll cool. have the Tuesday scaries <laughs> and the cycle won't stop. It won't. So let's just get through this. Yeah. So what should we do on this beautiful Sunday afternoon, Amy? That most people all across the country are doing every Sunday fun day. Probably drinking. Yeah, I think we should do that. And you, Miss Bartender. I I made something up to calm the Sunday scary. I made... Let me take a drink. It's beautiful. It looks like Christmas. It does kind of actually (laughs) look like Christmas. I was gifted a beautiful bottle of Chandon uh, champagne for my birthday. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. Um, And I mean beautiful as in the bottle is painted. It's a limited edition um, look to the bottle. And my very good friend Brenda gave me the bottle for my birthday. And like an asshole, I've left it at her house for the past month. Oh, no. She gave it to me when I went over, when we were going out for my birthday dinner. And her kids drew me really cute birthday cards. Fully just went to dinner with her, didn't come back inside yeah. and get my stuff. So I was at her house this weekend, and I'll say why in a second. But I grabbed my bottle of Chandon. Um, it's a sweet champagne, uh-huh. which is not like my favorite to drink. Not just a go-to. Straight, not a go-to. So I put together a little cocktail. Yes. I got some fresh basil and some strawberries and uh, put a little seltzer and a little ice and some champs all in a glass. And we'll call it Amy's Fizzy Surprise. Okay. Amy's, we'll work on that no, name. How about Amy's Fruit and Fizz? There you go. Oh, nailed it. <laughs> on the fly, too. Oh, I was like, okay, Brandy, not your beverage. <laughs> you can't be it's champagne shit. with shit in it, guys. Drink up. Drink it. Yeah, so the green and red, everything. I'm getting a big mm-hmm. Christmas vibe from it. You know how much I love Christmas. Yes. I got my car the other day, and I was like, Mm -hmm. FYI, I have a balsam fir scent in my car, because there's no reason that your car cannot smell like the goodness of Christmas 
even in June. It's always always winter inside. <laughs> well, yeah, it's always really cold. And it's so hot outside. It yeah. smells like Christmas and makes me happy. Talking about how fucking hot it is, we comment on the weather. I think far too often because on this podcast. Because we are old, but the, we're old, and like Florida is a cruel, cruel wang. Yes, and we just—it's hot as fucking <laughs> balls today. Yeah, it is. it is clouding over. We might see someone at rain. I had lunch this afternoon with a friend, and she was like, "Inside or out?" And I was like, "Inside." What's wrong with you, you fool? Like you monster! It's so hot. <laughs> so hot. <laughs> um. Uh, all right. So after drinks, we talk about what we're obsessed with. Yes. Uh, can I jump? Absolutely. What are you obsessed with? I'm obsessed. I mentioned that I was at my friend Brenda's house this weekend. And that's because we had a girl sleepover Friday night, mm-hmm. which was a good time. But we did that because we both got up early on Saturday. And we went to downtown Orlando and took uh, part in the Community Rainbow Run. Yes. Which was a 4.9K um, race. And it was in honor and remembrance and fundraising for the One Pulse Foundation. Uh-huh. So, um, people all over the world know what happened on June 16th, 2016. Um, so the second anniversary of the Pulse nightclub shooting is upon us in downtown Orlando and, um, it, it rocked the whole nation and the world, Mm -hmm. but I don't think anywhere as hard as here in Orlando Yeah, that, that Sunday morning. Especially because it's pride month and it's just, it's pride month. It it was clearly an attack on the LGBTQ community. Mm -hmm. Um, It was Latin night. It was a lot of things going on. Mm -hmm. It It was just a horrible event and the the way it brought our city together was amazing a, a special amazing thing yeah. and the way we've continued to memorialize our lost 49 mm-hmm. which is why it was a 4.9k yep. there were 49 victims uh, who lost their lives there's actually i think about 100 more victims who were injured and yeah. survived not to mention all of the first responders mm-hmm. and the other attenders at the nightclub that maybe weren't shot but they have to live with this yeah. their their entire lives. But um, the I'm getting a little choked up. Uh-huh. Sorry. It's okay. It was a really um, it was a great run. I'm so proud that we took part of it. My the company yeah. that I work for put together a team, and so we were all together. We had you know matching hats and all that cool stuff. And uh, the end of the race, it was downtown Orlando, like I said, and we actually walked by the nightclub, which now there's a very beautiful memorial mm-hmm. erected in front of, um, and. It was my first time going there yeah. in person. I've driven by many times Same. before and after the tragedy, but um, really walking it and stopping and watching and uh, you know reading the names and yeah. seeing the testimonials that are on the memorial, seeing parts of the building that were um, you know uh, pushed through by the SWAT team to um, stop the event. It was it was really moving, yeah. and so I'm obsessed with that this week. I think that that is the best thing. To be obsessed with because it's such an amazing thing to see that this community, like, I mean, seconds after it really happened, this whole town became a completely Mm -hmm. different city to live in. Mayor Buddy Dyer has just given basically all of Orlando a hug. This city, you cannot break the spirit. I mean, you come for us, we will just fight harder and stronger and be better and... Honestly, that's one of the great things about Orlando, honestly. You know, hashtag Orlando United or just the, um, you know, after Boston experienced their terrible bombing at Mm -hmm. the marathon a few years ago, it was Boston strong everywhere. And we've adopted Orlando United Mm -hmm. or One Orlando, One Love. Also, Keep Dancing Orlando. Um, But I think especially Orlando United is the biggest Mm -hmm. um, slogan, I guess, if you will, for how we are are showing our strength and... um, that we won't stand for these things and exactly. that we support each other. And it's, especially, like you said, it is Pride Month mm-hmm. and 
man, the city of Orlando really comes out strong and has a yeah. great showing for that community. And I'm so proud to live here and to get to take part in it. Yeah, because it's starting to feel like, um, I mean, that was such an insane weekend, yeah. you know, in town. But it's starting to be like, there are no communities anymore. We are Orlando. You just mm-hmm. happen to be LGBT. You happen to be Hispanic. You happen to be this. But yeah. everybody is part of the Orlando community, and that's the number one thing. And that's what's been pushing through, and that is the coolest thing to see. Yeah. All right. Well, with you that. You tell me what you're obsessed with. <laughs> um, I'm obsessed with the fact that Ocean's 8 came out, and yeah. we saw it last night. Sure and it did. was awesome. I am a huge fan of Ocean's 11, 12, and 13. I am Funnily enough, as many times as I've seen those movies, never seen the original Ocean's Eleven with Frank and Dean and those guys. I have to admit, I have not either. Right? I'm like, oh, well, it's like Clooney's just a little easier on the eyes <laughs> for me. Yeah, that's some eye candy in those yeah, movies. Yeah, exactly. But seeing it last night was great. Finally seeing that Hollywood recognizes that, you know, eight women can carry a movie and it's action-packed and I didn't miss a guy, you know, by any means. Mm-hmm. And it was good. It had its own plots and stuff, but there were still small throwbacks, like we were talking last night, the great Easter egg, that Ocean's Eleven music was always very much Frank Sinatra heavy, and this movie was very Nancy Sinatra heavy, and I just thought that was so cool. I hope that there's an Ocean's Nine, I mean, Mm -hmm. based on how packed the theater was, like, you and I were like three rows up from the top, and we were on like a three-tiered balcony situation. Yeah, it was Um, was full for sure. It was. Out of them. Yeah, it was great, and um, I loved all of the women in it, and I, holy shit, do I like Anne Hathaway? Oh, see, I know your hate for Anne Hathaway runs deep. Yes. And has for years. Yes. And you've got many reasons why. And And too long for this podcast. (laughs) That we we can't get into Uh -uh. here. We have podcasts to talk about, but she was pretty delightful in Ocean's 8. And I I was wondering how you were handling it. Yes. I'm torn. I feel like she played a version of Anne Hathaway that we all think she is, and she's truly <laughs> probably not this horrendous person. I'm, <laughs> I'm welcoming her back in my life. However, what's her nuts? Are they really? Oh, Schumer. Schumer is still out for me. Dead to me. Dead to me, Schumer. But Hathaway is now invited in a little bit. What? You're raising your finger. No, I'm sorry. Not to, You keep... You yeah, no. Up. Well, okay, Schumer. So we talked about it, but we haven't talked about it on this show. Uh-huh. Amy Schumer is getting a podcast. Oh, yes. I'm yes. livid. I'm livid. <laughs> and here's the thing. Uh, what about this podcast news? Podcast news. Breaking news in the podcast world. But I'm, I'm literally holding my head in my hands uh-huh. because it, it's annoying me it's so deeply. It's infuriating. She's getting a podcast uh, hosted by Spotify. Spotify. And they are Where paying her. Where you can her. listen to us. <laughs> yes, we are on Spotify. Hi, Spotify. Love you, mean it. But not down with you paying a million dollars for Amy Schumer to have a goddamn podcast. You know, <laughs> look, you don't podcast for money. Nope. Some people are making a living out there doing yes, it. Absolutely. That's great. But look, what the fuck does Amy Schumer really need to say to me that's worth a million dollars to you, Spotify? Yeah, and I'm still probably going to get ads throughout it. I'm sure oh, of it. And I feel like there are much more talented people who are even more famous than Amy Schumer who have podcasts. Mark Marin, mm-hmm. you know, Dax Shepard. There yeah. are quite, I mean, Oprah's got one. There are quite a lot of people who are heavy hitters who have podcasts who don't have a podcast contract. Which means you're working for somebody else and you're making sure that your content supports what they want. Whereas with Dax mm-hmm. Shepard and Mark Maron, I'm getting nitty gritty on a Ferris. I mean, you've yes, got people yeah. who just have passions and want to go through with it. Did Amy Schumer think, like, I have a lot of, you know, important, poignant things to say. Let me get on the microphone. Or was Spotify, and I know they are trying to beef up their podcast collection, just thinking like, oh, that'll be great. Let's pull her in. 
first of all, no, and it's not going to be great. Like, don't pull her in. I just think she's such a polarizing person because I still won't say I feel pretty based on principle. No, thank you. You don't hit your head and all of a sudden get confidence and stuff. It's just, she rubs me the wrong way. She does. I I have a lot of problems with her brand of Uh body positivity. I have a lot of problems with her brand of feminism. Yep. Um, and look, I, I don't want to throw shade on feminism, but I I really think that she's got a very white elitist yeah. view of what a feminist is and not a broad one. I don't think she's particularly all that funny. Nope. And I think that what she thinks I think the is guys funny, who said the jokes first are funny. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that it's original to her. Mm-hmm. I think that, okay, look. Not Schumer fans, not listening to the show. <laughs> Should we just say that? Yes. All right. Well, what have we listened to? We've listened to some podcasts. We have. Let's do some quick pop-ups. Let's do it. Do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. I'll start. So this is, okay, a podcast is running amok. Sorry. Zach, hey, let go. Okay, back to the show. Uh, I listened <laughs> to an episode of a podcast I've talked about before, which is This Is Why You're Single. Uh-huh. And Erica, let me ask you a question. Why am I single? I don't know. <laughs> That's not the question. Oh, okay. Good, good, good. Do not put words in my mouth. Because I don't know that answer. Uh, how much do you know about your pelvic floor? I mean, I know I have one. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Um, I know about Kegels. Am I saying that right? You Where you are. squeeze as if mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. sorry, that, um, as if you're trying to hold in your pee and that helps like build up that muscle floor. Yes. Which they say is better for sex in the long That's run. That's what they say. Um, may not be true. May not be true. All right. I mean. It's I, more of a rhetorical question, oh. by the way. <laughs> I was like, oh, you know that stat? No, cool. That was not, that's not the direction I meant to go with that. Um, I meant to say most of us don't know much about our pelvic floor and probably don't consider it important. No. But on this week's episode, which was titled, Why Your Pub- Public Pelvic Floor Matters, um, they kind of get into it. And they have a pelvic floor therapist, who no. knew that was a thing, yep, named Lindsay Vestal on the show. And she taught me some shit Really, my pelvic floor. So, first of all, um, I have to find my notes. Where did they go? Hold it on. There they are. So, your pelvic floor basically it does three things for you. Okay. It's in charge of your pooping and peeing. Cool. Um, it is for, like, healthy sex and to protect your organs. Oh, so, so like, they don't fall out of your body? To keep them inside of you. Got it. Right. So... Do you know, and when you think about it, if you are having poop and pee problems, it can really affect the way you live your life, Mm -hmm. you know, the way that you can behave in public. And if you're having issues with being comfortable during sex, that can really affect your life as well. Yeah. And a lot of it is related to the pelvic floor, which is a, a muscle that's really important to keep in shape. And she was talking about how, like, your pelvic floor... It's like, you you know, your muscle, your bicep, when you're working out, you can see the difference. But we can't really see or feel our pelvic floors, and we we do not give them enough credit for what they do for us. Can I ask a terrible question? Sure. Do dudes have pelvic floors? Yeah, we all do. Okay. But because I'm just thinking about mine in sense of, like... Our pelvic floor isn't really attached to, like... It's not, like, inside our uterus. Like, if it weren't there, like... That the Where is it in out. our body? Is it right next to like, the pelvic bones? Like that okay, across? so look, I didn't look at a chart or Sorry. anything. <laughs> I'm just thinking to myself, like, my... No, you go. I will keep that to myself. <laughs> but I probably should. But 
I, so I don't know exactly where it is, but I think it's pretty much under your your organs, like truly where like, your pelvic bones are. It's kind of I, that. I would part guess of the body. That it separates your internal organs from your uh, reproductive organs. Okay, I got it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So. Um. Okay. So let's talk about the kegels. Yeah. So she says, Lindsay, the pelvic floor therapist. We really shouldn't be doing those. And a lot of women who complain of a lot of UTIs, one of the questions that she in her practice asks first is, are you under the Kegeling? So some women, because we've been told and women take it upon themselves, this goes back to the psychology of how important your pelvic floor is, women are told that it's up to us to make sure that our situation downstairs is right. Yeah. And, you know, that it is an appropriate acceptor for a man's, you know what, for funsy times. Okay. Um, so scientific. Right. Uh, so a lot of women, and I remember being a younger woman and girls talking about, like, you need to do Kegels, you need to mm-hmm. do Kegels, you need to keep it tight. Well, here's the thing. Like, she said, if you contract your arm muscle all of the time and you have it, you're going to get so sore and it's going to get worn out and it's actually going to do the opposite. Okay. Like at the gym, this is why you're supposed to rest and you do mm. things in reps and then you let it go. If you're just doing those like a thousand times a day, like I need to get it as hard as possible, then that muscle isn't going to be supple enough. And for instance, you won't be able to eliminate properly. Oh. So you, you'll give yourself bathroom, bathroom problems because that that's in charge of getting those muscles to be able to relax so you can go potty. Got it. So if you've got it too tight and you're too worried about it, you can give yourself a UTI. And the one Those girl, are literally the worst. Yeah. So one of the hosts, Angela, talked about she had been through pelvic floor therapy previously, and she's currently pregnant. So okay. it's something that's been on her mind a yeah. lot. And she knows about p- pelvic floor health. So she that's why they brought this um, therapist on. So like we need to make sure that it's as soft as it is tight. <laughs> The, the I'm muscle. not looking at you weird at all during this yes, conversation. I know. So here's the other thing, too. We, as women, uh-huh. go to the bathroom in groups. It's like yeah. if Not in this apartment, but yeah. Not in this apartment, no. <laughs> but, like, you see it all the time. Groups of women going to the bathroom. And a lot of times it's like the ladies need to get away and, like, maybe I'll sit and try. Yeah. And also before you're going to get in the car for a long trip or you're going to go do something, isn't it, we're always told from when we're really little, you should probably go try uh-huh. to eliminate First, we should not be doing that. Should only go when you gotta go. You should only go when you've gotta go because if you're pushing on those muscles to get something out, it won't. It'll you'll stress out those muscles and you won't fully eliminate. So, like if you pee, uh-huh. because you don't really have to, you just sit and try before you yeah. get in the car, or whatever. Your brain isn't actually, it doesn't need to go. You don't have the urge. You don't get the signal Uh to your brain, and then your brain sends your body a signal that lets you know, like, oh, my bladder's full. I have to go. Yeah. So if you're just sitting and going, then the the signals get confused, and you won't actually completely empty your bladder, which is a lot of times why you might go to the bathroom right before a movie starts, and then 20 minutes in, you have to go again. No, you really, really have to go. Because now you've sent this signal to go, and you went a little, but you didn't fully eliminate, and now there's stuff in there, and now it's like, well, now I have to go. Got it. So you should be, first of all, you should be going six to, time, six to eight times a day, pee, mm-hmm. or once every one to two hours. I think I pee way more than that. Oh, great. Especially during certain times of the day. Like, when, like, towards the end of the day, when I'm sitting down, I feel like I'm always getting up to pee. Uh-huh. Where I know that I can go, like, three or four hours in the morning at work at my desk without going, and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll realize, like, all of a sudden, like, oh, it's lunchtime, and I really have to go. 
Absolutely. No, because your body has been in dehydration mode all night for like eight hours, and then in the morning now you're starting to hydrate up, and it does take a couple hours for that to go through. I don't know the answer to that. Okay, I next, don't know. <laughs> next podcast. Um, <laughs> I I know what I heard on this podcast. Gotcha. This is what I know. So anyway, we should not be going in groups and like trying to force ourselves. We also, if you're going number two. And you're sitting and grunting to do it, you've got an issue with your pelvic floor. Oh, yeah. You should sit down and within a minute have eliminated what you need to. And if you haven't, then maybe you need to look into pelvic floor therapy, which what is that? What happens? They asked her what happens in a pelvic floor therapy session. And she said that they get very personal and intimate right <laughs> away about tell me about your lifestyle. Yeah. And how are these things affecting you? Like it could be pain during sex. And that's another thing yeah. that with proper muscle control of that area or, you know, training it properly, that can be eliminated. Yeah. Women who are pregnant who feel like they need to pee all the time and the, the wife's tale is because that baby is sitting on your bladder and you have to go. Well, like, that's true, but if your pelvic floor was more intact and holding, you know, the baby away, or uh-huh. right, that it shouldn't be that big of a problem. Got it. And then if you don't take care of it, it can continue to be a problem post-natal. Um, okay. So after you have your baby, you can, you know, and I hear moms all the time, oh, like, yeah. once I have my first baby, now my bladder's gone, and I just oh, pee all the time. And pee. I sneeze and pee. Exactly. But with some pelvic floor therapy, maybe you can take care of that, and you're not running to the bathroom all the time when you've got a screaming toddler who wants your attention. Question. Mm-hmm. Was there any reference through this podcast about the squatty potty? Yes. Oh, yes. yes. She said it was a good idea. Okay. It really does line things up appropriately. All right. Yes, they did talk about that. Um, so she said, like, in a session, she sits and she talks to her, her clients, and then, like, there will, might be a physical exam and, you know, muscle training and different exercises you have to do depending on where you are. Um, to get your pelvic floor back in shape. And she talked about, obviously, a lot of us probably don't know what pelvic floor therapy is. Yeah. She said it's obviously a very new thing. And she goes, you really have to be called to this. It's not not a thing most people in med school are going to be like, do you want to do, um, do you want to be an OBGYN? Do you want to be a, a heart surgeon? Or do you want to be a pelvic floor, floor therapist? therapist? She said, these are the people that are doing it are really the people kind of called to it. Uh-huh. And she said, you're not going to get this attention from your GP. And that doesn't mean your GP doesn't care. But if you go to your GP and say, I'm constantly getting UTIs, they're checking out to make sure that you're not sick. Yes. They're coming at you from a really medical point of view. Uh-huh. And the whole idea with the therapy is that it's here's how we can improve your lifestyle yeah. by getting this part of your body back in order. So, uh, look, I thought it was fascinating. Yes. I did not know I wanted or needed a podcast about my pelvic floor. But, but you got one. But now that I do, I thought I should pass it on to the rest of you. Amazing. So, again, that was This Is Why You're Single. The episode was called Why Your Pelvic Floor Matters to Your Sex Life nice. with uh, Dr. Lindsay Bustle. Fun. So, yeah, there you go. Well, Amy, I want to talk to you about Dumb Gay Politics. Okay, great. And that is a really great podcast I found this week. We love a, um, what have you called it in the past? Like a podcast black hole where you keep digging and digging mm-hmm. and digging and find other podcasts through another podcast. Yep. So on Bitch say. Bible this week, she had on the hosts of Dumb Gay Politics. It was funny, but I was like, give me the meat. I want to go to the girls' podcast. So you've got Julie, who is the gay, and Brandy, who's the dumbass. And they mm-hmm. were on Bravo's The People's Couch. Remember when that show was yep, a thing? Like, I watch people show. watch TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so they were kind of the stars of that show. They would bartend on Watch What Happens live, mm-hmm. and they kind of started to, you know, create a little bit of a following, like talking heads during TV programming. 
I so, never actually watched it, just to jump in. Not to sound same. like more of an expert than no. I am. I recall commercials for it. I never actually watched an episode. Same. No. I was like, just watch somebody else watch there. TV? Absolutely not. Okay. Hard pass. But listen to Julie and Brandy talk on their podcast. Yes. As they say, they are dissecting um, political news with like a lot of feelings, but like, very few facts. So they call um, this as if they were doing like a Real Housewives recap, but their Real Housewives are politicians. Got it. Because they just think this entire government is a reality TV show, and they're not wrong. I'm with them. Right? So, um, and the one I listened to, their most recent episode, they have on The Mooch, Anthony Scaramucci. Yes, The Mooch. 11 days in his job. Yeah. The record. (laughs) They're like, we got somebody on, you know, the podcast who was like a legit politician in the White House for five seconds. Mm -hmm. But they started off their podcast talking about how um, they went to a vegan restaurant in Hollywood that is very she-she, lesbian central. If you want to go find a Hollywood lesbian, you're coming to this vegan restaurant. It's a pickup place. Yeah, so um, not even a pickup place. It's just like a who's who of the lesbian world in Hollywood. And so they went and had lunch and sat next to Sarah Gilbert. And I don't know if it's her wife or her girlfriend, but Linda Perry. Uh-huh. And Amy, they were treated to probably the best lunch of their lives because it was the same day. Roseanne was canceled. Because Sarah then, Gilbert is Darlene, Darlene and Roseanne. And I think Roseanne. the executive producer as well. She's kind of one of the reasons that show got rebooted. Yes. She was the reason. Yeah. She's the executive producer. It was her idea. Uh, so um, they were, they knew what was going on and they just were like, oh my God, we are next to Sarah Gilbert. Like just intently watching her. And at that moment, the tweets were popular, right? But the next thing hadn't happened yet. So it had just happened, or it was like, so that morning, you know, you were hearing that Roseanne sent out these ambient-fueled tweets of racism, and by mid-morning, by lunchtime, so probably like 3 o'clock our time, by lunchtime out in California, it was was basically told that, like, you know, Roseanne was canceled, and in fact, Sarah and her girlfriend had to be escorted in through the back because paparazzi was following her, so I don't know if the news had broke just yet, but they were watching her, like, find out, like, her life. TV show was ending, Different. and they were like, "This is fascinating." <laughs> that is a front row seat to be had. Uh huh. Yeah. So, like when they did leave, they were talking about how they were talking to their leader, and like, "Oh my god, Sarah Gilbert." And he was like, "Yeah, they never drink, and today they had two beers." <laughs> and they were like, "It's noon. Why are they not drinking? <laughs> like, don't be so hippy dippy." But I mean, hearing them talk about that was so fascinating, especially because Julie was really excited about the reboot, and Brandy was like, "Nope, not a fan." Roseanne's done some things in the past, and she should not be given a new platform. Yeah. I feel kind of bad, and uh-huh. I've been feeling bad, that mm, several months ago now, I made the Roseanne reboot my obsession of the week yeah. on this show. And honestly, as far as what she was doing in her personal life with the tweeting and all that, I didn't know. I uh-huh. really didn't know. I think I might have felt a lot more complex about it had I been paying attention. Yeah. Um, and... Look, for me, the show it actually didn't hold my interest. I never came back and said it. I watched the first few episodes, yeah. and then I really dropped off. But now knowing what I know, ABC made the right decision to cancel it. Yep. I wonder, though, too, to uh, – I think you said it was um, Sarah's or whichever the coast said that they don't think it should ever have come back. Brandy, but yeah. I've heard it's Brandy. Thank you. I've heard some other people and other podcasts say that, too, and I – yeah, you know, I kind of agree if ABC executives knew that these tweets were out there. But, look, they supported her mm-hmm. after the National Anthem thing all those years ago. The show stayed on the air. 
God, can you imagine if somebody were to desecrate the national anthem now? Fergie I did. Mean, you can't. She, she did a What are you talking job. about? <laughs> I mean, especially in the wake of the NFL kneeling and yeah. Ugh, ugh, can you imagine? And I'm just, I'm sorry, going off track. <laughs> I'll put you back in. Yeah, yeah. I think that, um, I think a lot of people were excited about going home again. I think that's what you had said that night. But like Brandy had mentioned, you know, at one point in time, she dressed up like Hitler and took cookies out of the oven in the shape of people. I didn't, and that is I really did it. It's I terrible. feel like I had heard about that but thought to myself like no, that can't be real. It's not real. Nobody acts that way. No clue there was any kind of morality clause or anything in her contract, but Roseanne is off the air and has been since canceled even after they announced like a second season then they had like really pulled the reins back in. Never mind. Um but so that was just such an interesting opening to their podcast and then like I said they brought in the mooch and that was fascinating because Julie was behind him in line getting on an airplane and he of course went left to first class and she was like here I go to coach and she's like nope fuck it walked right up to first class and hand in his face like hi I'm Julie I have a podcast you should be on it and he was like okay what's he doing <laughs> literally nothing he doesn't have a job no but I mean they're really funny and um I highly suggest you guys check it out if you are interested in politics but you know also want to laugh <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just all absurd, so we might as well laugh to stop from crying. I love a funny, you know, podcast about serious stuff. Hopefully like ours. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of some more serious stuff. Yeah. Um, I have another pop-up. A show that's typically pretty ir- irreverent. Uh-huh. Had a, a really great episode this week where they talked some, some real shit. And, um... Suicide and mental health issues are being talked about a lot this week yep. um, with two really high-profile suicides right. you know, of celebrities in the news. And so I don't think that they planned this because I think the episode was recorded prior to mm-hmm. the news of Kate Spade, who was the first of the two. But I don't get it, which mm-hmm. again is Ashley Iconetti from The Bachelor World, uh, her sister Lauren and their friend Nas. Uh, host this I Don't Get It podcast where they talk really mostly pop culture and silliness. But this was episode 77, and it was called Anxiety and Depression with Dr. Mike Dow. And Ashley and and Lauren have both talked openly about struggles with depression and uh, for Ashley, especially with anxiety Mm -hmm. in her personal life. They've talked openly about how they're medicated, how their father um, suffers with it. And so we know it's kind of a hereditary situation, but they really gave it such an interesting due diligence this week when they brought on a a psychiatrist or maybe psychologist, I'm not Uh positive, but Dr. Mike Dow, who's been studying this a lot and who I think has written a couple of books about the issue, but specifically he um, can talk to how millennials are currently the most anxious, report more anxiety than any other generation, and they're at a very high risk for mental health issues given the stressors of today. Yeah. Now, do we know that to be honestly true or just that there is more data than there ever has been because the stigma is lifting some to the point where people will talk about this and, and be more open about it, whereas they weren't so many years ago. You know, we don't know. But we do know that it's really high and very prevalent. And he gave a lot of really good information because I do think that the words anxiety and depression are painted with a pretty broad brush. Yep. And we're all told that we should know about it and seek help and educate ourselves about it. But I don't think a lot of, and those materials I'm sure are available, but I don't think a lot of us are really doing that. And by listening to this podcast, I learned a lot that I'm really thankful for 
And it taught me things about how to deal with people in my life who have mental health issues. And he really broke down wonderfully and in a way that you can understand easily the differences between anxiety and depression. Um, You know, I've been open on this show before that I have, I feel a general anxiety, but Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not medicated. I feel like it's, maybe I'm one of the person, people that's almost perpetuating it being a, you know, not serious enough issue. Uh Because I'm like, oh yeah, well, I have anxiety, I'm anxious. And I do feel those things, but not to a point where I've needed to, you know, find medication for myself. And maybe I should, I don't know. But I think that I'm realizing now, ever having listening to this episode, that I have a pretty mild case of anxiety. Uh Uh-huh. You know, I, I, I have some things in my life that I know, like, kind of are a little bit OCD, but, you know, I haven't been fully diagnosed. And I think that there are... You know, hearing the the examples of other people experiencing OCD, which is mm-hmm. kind of a an out. Uh, it's a, when you're really anxious. It's sort of like one of the symptoms yeah. that gets released is OCD behavior. Um, but he talked a lot about the different kinds of depression too. Mm-hmm. The the honest difference between major depression and bipolar depression, and what a manic episode really looks like. Yeah. Um, taught me a lot about how when you are dealing with a loved one who uh, is depressed, I think that the the person on the other side has a hard time with, why can't they, you know, why are they ignoring me? Or why, you know, why would they respond to me in that way? And, yeah. You know, teaching me that it's, they're not doing anything to me. It's so consuming, uh-huh. that mental health issue that they're, the uh, you're not a consideration. They no. can only you know, they break down to a place where they're just functioning as a human yep. and that's all they can do in that moment. They're not thinking about the impacts on anybody else, which is why those diseases are, you know, so difficult to have relationships with people in experiencing those types of things. Yep. Anyway, not to draw it on too long, but I learned a lot from it. And if yeah. you are somebody who maybe doesn't fully understand the different types of anxious and depression mm-hmm. diagnoses and has someone in your life that you know has experienced it, I really recommend going and listening to this episode if I don't get it. It was number 77. I'm definitely going to take a listen to that because you know how I feel. Like I suffered from panic attacks in high school, mm-hmm. low self-esteem. I had a therapist growing up. I have one now. I jokingly bug you guys. I'm like, oh, my best friend, Greg, my therapist. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, no, I'm your best friend. I'm like, well... Greg Some thinks days. I'm great no matter what. <laughs> Greg is 100% behind me. Um, but I saw him this week. You know, with everything that was going on, and you know, just it's been two months since I saw him, and I just wanted to go do like a touch base. And he and I had a long conversation in regards to, you know, the unfortunate suicides that had happened. It was just earlier that day we had heard about Anthony Bourdain, and it is definitely one of those things that you need to learn as much as you can about mental health, like starting at the beginning, because like you mentioned, when you are deep in that depressive state, there's just no anything. And mm-hmm. he even said people who have anxiety, he's like, at least they have energy and they can sometimes have that drive and there are total differences. And I think it's so great. More and more podcasts are coming out. And I actually believe, I'm not sure this is a terrible thing to say, May may have been mental health awareness a month because I saw a lot of podcasts I believe that it is. doing I a couple I of things. That on I know Danny Pellegrino did one. Um, a lot of people had some kind of podcast about it, which I think is great. Like I, put I it out in right. every medium you can find. Mm-hmm. So if I can then take that and keep yep. going. Yep, yep, yep. So, um, this week, we also lost an icon, you know, Kate Spade, unfortunately, you know, lost her battle with depression and bipolar, mm-hmm. I believe, and took her own life this week, too. And so um, it was tragic. I mean, to me, she is just the epitome of a class, like, 
yeah. classy lady. Like when you see a Kate, a girl wearing a Kate Spade, and you're wearing a Kate Spade, you guys kind of like nod at each other. You're like I like your Kate. I like, like your like, Kate. Okay, exactly. And like being a Kate Spade girl, there's you know there's Lily Pulitzer girls. You know exactly what you're getting. Yeah. When you think of a Kate Spade girl, you know exactly what you're getting. Mm-hmm. And she created this beautiful brand that we both fell in love with. Ah, uh, yeah, we're both Kate Spade Kate girls. Kate Spade girls I, through I love, and through. I love her. Work. We walked by Kate Spade store the other night, and we both just kind of like stopped, and we're just like, oh. Mm-hmm. Kind of heartbreaking. And they had a beautiful tribute to her in the window. Really did. And um, I saw that online. Every store had that same tribute Good. in the window to her, which is beautiful. I'm not surprised at all. Especially because the brand is so... It does speak to women about uh-huh. being you know, high energy and yeah. out there in the world and looking great and feeling good and... Uh, and confident and, and owning conf- your love yourself exactly. like that's so much what the brand is about yeah that whole live colorfully kind of concept like yeah. what is your color you go live that and so for Kate to have committed suicide it's you know I'm sure you know something like as together we need to hold yeah. hands and recognize that there are sisters that need our help yep other Kate Spade girls and that absolutely gotta be together okay I'll let you know you're totally Sorry. fine so um I was doing my own digging and I was like I need to know everything I can about Kate Spade yeah and NPR has a great podcast I mean NPR is the originator of podcasts let's be honest they have a yeah. show called How I Built This and in 2017 they had on Kate and her husband Andy Spade but this week they republished it again and had right. it right at the top of their list which I thought was wonderful so they'll bring on people and be like how'd you build your business how did you build this thing like let's learn more about you so I highly suggest everyone go check this out if you're interested in learning more about her and how Kate Spade New York came to be a brand. But real quickly, she is Kate Brazahan. She was born in the Midwest and went to Arizona State for journalism in the late 80s. And that's where she met her now husband, Andy Spade. They were both working at a department store. And she was in the women's section. He was in the men's section. And his car broke down one day. And he asked her for a ride. And he was like, and wouldn't you know, my car broke down a lot. Like, Aww. just trying to get her to give him rides. And Sweet. if you are wondering, if you don't know this yet, yes, Andy Spade, brother of David Spade, the actor comedian. Um, and so you hear all about their journey of dating and how she goes off to New York. And she is actually in fashion working at Mademoiselle Magazine. Remember yes. Mademoiselle Magazine in the 90s? I had a subscription at one point Did in you? my life. Yeah. Oh, so good. Is it still a publication? I, I don't know. Okay, we'll Google it later. Yes. Um, so she's in New York and she's like climbing up the ranks as like a fashion editor and in accessories, of course. Oh, babe. Obviously. And Andy is doing advertising and copywriting. And one day she was like, I just don't see being like the fashion editor for me. And he was like, well, why don't you just start designing handbags? <laughs> and she was like, why would I do that? And he was like, well, you collect handbags. You're the accessory editor. People ask you all of the time about your handbags. And she was like, I'll pick up anything, like in the streets of you know, Mexico. I love this look. It's chic. It's simple. And he was like, you have a collection. You know about them more than anything. She's like, but I didn't go to Parsons or any of those places. He's like, okay. And he pushes her and he says, if you were to design a fashion line of purses, what is wrong with all of what's not happening in the purse world? And she was just like, um, classic, simple, geometric Box. Like that square Kate Spade, yes. that round circle. Everything is a true shape. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's so quintessentially Kate Spade. And so he definitely like forces her to go off and do this. And you hear the whole story about how she takes construction paper and from construction paper creates a purse. And then goes to the back of like women wear daily in like the back section where you can look up, look up people, find somebody who creates patterns, gives this woman this like paper pattern. She creates her a true fabric pattern. And then 
because she's nobody really. Nobody will sell her high-end fabric to make wow. purses yeah. because they don't have like the line of credit. They want to sell you hundreds of yards of fabric, but she only wants 20 yards to make a purse. And so she ends up going back to like the classifieds and finds a um, like a potato sack company uh-huh. and asks, can I buy burlap from you? Oh my gosh, I love her burlap bags. Those are the original Kate Spades. That's what she did. She Would created she like... them then? No, like keeping them burlap color, but had different like weights, like thinner and thicker, and then had like a trade, went to a trade show, got herself a booth, had six different designs with this burlap and came home and Andy was like, how'd you do? She's like, oh, I only sold designs to two stores. And he's like, well, what one? She's like, Neiman Marcus and Fred Siegel. Uh, he was like, what is really, wrong with you? Like, she that's amazing. No, she just thought she could have done more. And he was like, that's mm. the two highest end. Like, Next that's course. where everyone is going for their stuff. So you just hear them continue to talk with one another. And she was like, what should we call it? And he was like, Kate Spade. <laughs> it's Kate Spade. And her mom hated that because they weren't married. She's like, uh, oh, great. Name your company Kate Spade. Now you'll never be Kate Spade. He won't, he won't marry you now. Yeah, girl, that, that is some free milk. Right? <laughs> she was like, well, mom, what about Dolce & Gabbana? And her mom literally goes, who are they? Like, <laughs> who is Dolce & Gabbana and why should I care? I love an honest mom. Yeah, but so then you definitely go on to hear about how they did sell about half of their company to Neiman Marcus in the 90s and made about $30 million. And Neiman Marcus owned a majority of stock and stake in the company. And they were able to finally start paying themselves. <laughs> and then in 2006, they sold it all back. Neiman Marcus, and I think maybe Coach eventually bought it in the end. Yeah, but I think last year. Yeah, and so their story was just so good. Hearing her and Andy like laugh and talk and reminisce about the company and everything it came to be as a brand, it was really great. I'm glad that NPR popped it back up at the top of their list. I think everybody needs to go and listen and hear her and what she has to say. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Listening to her voice, did she sound like somebody that maybe had some sorrow in the back Mm -mm. or was really light? And It sounded like somebody who was so proud of the work that she had done and that she had done it with her best friend and husband. And that she knew she did right. And that she even seemed fine talking about selling it. Mm-hmm. And how, like, that was the right thing to do. Because she was Kate Spade. But that was Kate Spade. And she needed to distance herself from Kate Spade. And allow that brand to keep growing and be better and not reliant on her. Mm-hmm. You could see that also being a thing. If you look, if you wanted to look back hard enough and dig and, like, oh, she separated herself. Like, I don't know. I think it was right for the business and for her. Yeah. But, um, no, she just sounded so happy and so proud. And like I said, this was only in 2017, this interview. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, so on that note, why don't we take a quick break, yeah, refill your Christmas reader. beverages, and then we will be right back and talk more podcasts. Okay. Hey, guys, we want to take a quick second and shout out to our Patreon subscribers. That's right. Let's start with our intro rewinder, Sandy Randolph. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> exactly. We also have a professional rewinder, and that is April Valdez. Shout out to April and her crew at Salon Bon Tempo. You can find them on Instagram at Salon Bon Tempo. And if you live in Orlando, be sure to check out April. She's an amazing hairstylist. What they're doing over there is awesome. So thanks, ladies, for listening. We love April and Salon Bon Tempo, and we would love to shout out you next week. So come on over to Patreon.com for as little as a dollar an episode. So cheap. So cheap. What's a dollar? You can join us. You can be a rewinder, and you will have exclusive access to our bonus episodes. So over to Patreon.com slash Podcast Rewind and rewind with us. Awesome. All right. Let's get back into the episode. Hey guys, we are back and we are going deep. 
on two more podcasts. That's right. I mean, for a full-on recap. Yes. I'm going to go first. Yes, please do. I have recapped a listener recommendation. Oh, yay. We hear you. We listen to you. I love getting recommendations. I love so it. Because I want to know what others are listening to. Keep can't get enough. coming, Rewinders. Don't forget, we have an email address. You can talk to us. Yeah. Podcastrwd at gmail.com. Yeah. Send us your recommendations. Or look, you can DM us too. That's just Slide fine. Slide Slide right into our DMs. And we want to know what you guys are listening to. Yeah. All right. Enough of the commercial. After the commercial. Um, <laughs> This was recommended by my mom. Nice. <laughs> um, a funny story real quick. So my mom had listened to exactly two podcasts up until yeah, that's right. April of this year when she spent, she took herself to Tybee Island, Georgia by herself for a month and did a full on, like, I'm retired and I do what I want yeah. vacation. And um, prior to that, she had only ever listened to our podcast, uh-huh. Podcast Rewind, because, you know. She was on it. (laughs) Because she likes you so much and the sound of her voice that she tuned in. Uh And then she actually listened to an NPR podcast, which you heard her say when she was on our show. But when she got to Tybee Island, Georgia, she found herself with a lot of time. She did. (laughs) And she was doing a lot of walks on the beach. So she started kind of listening to some of the podcasts that we recommend. And then branching out and finding her own. Yeah. She's like our perfect story. Just Love like it. best friend of the pod, Beth. She uh-huh. also didn't listen to podcasts. Yep. Then started taking our recommendations on the show and then has gone off and she's recommended back. Beth is always like, how about this? How about this? Like, Calm down. Give me so one minute. <laughs> Beth and my mom are perfect case studies of what we're doing here yes. at Podcast Rewind. But mom texted me all excited one day back in uh, April about a new podcast she listened to called Murder, Myth, and Mystery. and she knew it would be right down my uh lane and she has been asking me incessantly ever since have I listened to it yet have (laughs) I listened to it yet have I listened to it yet so finally this week I said yes mom I will listen and in fact I will listen to the exact episode you recommended to me because it has to deal with one of the one of the things they talk about in the show is a story called the Cora Tree. The Cora Tree. The okay. Cora Tree. And why it is so appropriate for me to have listened to and talked about today is Cora is the name of my little sister. Oh yes. She goes by Corey. And and today is her birthday. Happy birthday, Corey. Happy birthday, Cora Jane Randolph. <laughs> Who is going to be so mad at me for having said her full name? <laughs> uh, no, first of all, I, I, you and your sister, sisters. small sidebar, you and your sister have the most amazing <laughs> Southern Belle, grew up on a plantation names, and you bitches are from Michigan. I was born in the Upper Peninsula. <laughs> like, basically Canada. I am what they call a youper. Uh-huh. But you're right, and thank you for saying so, and I know that you said before, and I, <laughs> yeah, my Actually, sister uh, is Cora Jane, and I am Amy May. I mean, and um, could uh, you please? <laughs> my heavens, yes, Cora Jane and Amy May. I just like, but uh, lyrics me up. We have those like palatial middle names because we actually both have our grandmothers' yes. middle names. I have my grandma Randolph's middle name, and Corey has our grandma Lehman's. So enough about me. <laughs> <laughs> and your social security number is. Right. Oh, I did just give you my mother's maiden name. <laughs> A little bit. What was your first concert you went to? Shut up. <laughs> Best friend in high school? The Beach Boys, actually. <laughs> My mom took Make me. a model in her first car. Stop it. The course. <laughs> Go. Murder, myth, and mystery. Now, they, every week, bring you a story of one of each. A murder, a myth, and a mystery. Oh, cool. 
And there are three hosts, Eric, Mary, and Janine. Mm-hmm. And I think they change up the, you know, responsibilities each week. So let me touch real quick on the murder and the myth first, because then I want to tell you the Cora Tree mystery. Okay. So Eric went first, and he did the murder story of Catalina de Araujo. She was born in Spain. Um, What was interesting about this story is that she left a very detailed autobiography of her life um, from the late 1500s. And so regular people, we don't know a ton about them because not a lot of people wrote about them. We wrote about the, you know, the... Um, royalty, right. But the plebes don't get Yeah, like you don't know about them, but she wrote her own autobiography and left it behind. So we know a lot about her. And she was a transgendered person. Amazing. Uh-huh. She grew up um, rich and she was learning how to be a lovely lady at a convent that her parents sent her to. And at 15 was like, I'm not feeling this lady stuff. Oh. Chopped her own hair off, stole some men's clothes, and made her way in the world. And bitch was rough and tumble. Nice. She She murdered a bunch. Oh. Um, oh, yeah. She wrote in her <laughs> autobiography about a lot of female sexual encounters she had with other women. Uh-huh. So it may be that she was just a lesbian and, you know, on the butch side, if you sure. will. But it's most likely that she really did identify as a man. And that she, she, I mean, she renamed herself. And she was so convincing that when she grew up, after she had run away later on in life, she lived in the same town as her father and brother. And they never knew. Insane. Mm-hmm. I didn't write down what name she went by, but anyway, I mean, she, she he actually he started uh, Eric, the host, started calling Catalina him after a while, which yeah. I dig. That's so um, pronoun sensitive and appropriate. Uh-huh. Love it. Um, but he would get into brawls, would murder, um, got into the army for a while, and was so vicious when he would murder that the army was even like, you need to like. He didn't get a. Um, uh, a promotion at one point and actually cut his pay in half because they were like, you were so mean. So but why is he so murderous? Just because of being in the army or like he would see someone on the street and just murder to murder? No, uh, no, like fights in bars. He would not hesitate to murder. And then in, when he was in the army on the battlefield, uh-huh. he would murder, but I mean, show no mercy. Right. Murder. Got it. Yep. All right. So that's uh, the murder story of the week. The myth story, I think you'll like this okay, one. Yay. They talked about, let me see if you know what this is, the skunk ape. That's Florida Sasquatch. Oh, yay. Yeah. So, I love this shit. Um, le- legend or myth goes that there is a, a being, if you will, yeah. or several of them that live down in the Florida Everglades um, called the Skunk Ape. It's basically a Sasquatch, Sasquatch type or Bigfoot, Yeti, yeah. whatever you want to say, but it's specific to the Everglades. Um, it is supposedly seven feet tall, uh, weighs about 450 pounds, covered in hair, and the reason it is called the skunk ape is because they say <coughs> you know Sorry. one when one is close because they reek. They smell like rancid meat or um, you know like rotten eggs. Yeah. They smell really bad. Which, as the podcasters appropriately pointed out, if you had a heavy fur coat on yeah. and weighed four hundred fifty pounds and had to live in yeah. South Florida. You'd stink. Listen, you can be in a bikini in South Florida and so fucking it's stink. stink. It's hot. It's hot here. It's hot in Florida, It y'all. is so hot. Now, look, the podcasters totally made fun of us. They were like, yeah, Florida's so weird. First of all, <laughs> accurate. But secondarily, that's a lazy joke. Do better. Patton Oswalt always says it. That is lazy comedian and lazy jokes. They were coming out of Florida this way. Well, Mary was telling the myth story, and she was saying, oh, it's down in the Florida Everglades. And Eric went, oh, I've been down there in the Everglades. There's just gators everywhere. Yeah. And they were like, what? Like, what? 
there's just gators like running amok and he was like yeah so they check you out at Publix and he was like and the people down there are like gator <laughs> and I'm going yeah. yeah do you want to eat it it's so good and and Mary and Janine are like clutching their pearls about it <laughs> Fanning themselves. Fanning themselves. So, um, of course, we've never gotten bones from the skunk ape. We've never found one dead in the wild and been able to examine its body. But there are several sightings, uh, especially from 1974. There is a conservatory, like, dedicated to the trapping, not killing, but, like, the trapping and studying of the skunk ape. Um, down in South Florida. So, and look, if you want to go online and read about them, there's actually a ton. I've heard, I mean, because it is a Florida Met legend. I've heard skunk ape enthusiasts on things like uh-huh. Real Radio 1041, yeah. the talk radio station in town. It is it is kind of fascinating. Just you know, like I said, Yeti, Bigfoot, Sasquatch, skunk ape, all the same. I mean, I love that kind of stuff because I mean like I love Nessie and like all of those things. I don't know if I actually really think any of it's real, but it's fun to have fun with it. It's fun to have it's fun. It's fun to have fun. And just be like, yeah, there is a monster that roams <laughs> Asheville, North Carolina in the mountains. Like, no. Sure. <laughs> Ridiculous, but I love it all. So quick sidebar, I gotta say that the longer this drink sits and the basil like uh-huh. infuses and the strawberry like I'm digging my cocktail. Do you think right like now. drunken herbs are going to be the new thing in 2018 this summer? Let's try to make it. You know a thing. what I mean? Like you know how like strawberries after they've been soaking in champagne or vodka, they're delicious. So like good. a drunken herb Just explode in your yes. mouth. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Get let's, it together. Ralph. Let me tell you about uh, the mystery from episode 50, which is the coratry. Yes. This is really fucking cool, by the way. Okay. Okay. So take yourself back. Um, so mystery, not necessarily murder. It's right. a mystery. It, this, is a okay. mystery. this is an unsolved mystery that remains. So uh, Roanoke, Virginia, there is an island. There's lots of islands in the Virginias in yep. that area. Uh, an island called Hatteras. Ha- Hatteras. Hatteras. Hatteras, okay, you know. Oh. Hatteras Island. Uh, it's beautiful, scenic, gorgeous yep. beaches, lots of southern charm. So this is, I believe, in the 1600s. Um, it's a small island. Not a lot of outsiders really come through and certainly don't move there. But at this time, a woman named Cora and her baby, who were was um, strangers to everybody, showed up on the island and took up residency in a hut in the woods. Oh. So naturally, all the locals were just kind of suspicious and like, watching hey, her. House. Who is this? You know, why are you living kind of on the outside? And because she was so independent and... Uh, didn't really give a fuck, it seemed like, what the locals thought. They started to think that there was something off about Cora. Sure. And then they started attributing weird things to being her fault. For instance, they said uh, she touched a cow and then the cow went dry and never gave milk again. Mm-hmm. Um, she said there was a little, they, they say, there was a little boy in the, in the town that was making faces at her baby and he soon became very ill and almost died. Um, at one point, the fishermen couldn't gather enough fish to keep the locals fed, but she somehow had tons of fish. Okay. And then one day, a body washes up on shore with the letters 666 <gasps> burned Whoa. into its forehead, right? So they're, uh, they're all like, um, it's got to be Cora. Cora. It's got to be Cora. It's Cora. Cora, so Cora. It's totally Cora. So Cora. It's totally Cora. Now, That's this, so Cora. That's <laughs> <laughs> so Raven. <laughs> That's so Cora. That's so Cora. Um, so at this time, a uh, a captain, I guess, in the Navy and his crew were kind of stranded on the island, like their ship broke down uh-huh. or something. And get this, of course, his fucking name is Captain Blood. Okay. Captain Eli Blood and his crew <laughs> Eli Blood. are stuck on the island at the time. And you know where Captain Blood is from? 
Salem, Massachusetts. Ah, uh, loves a witch. Knows a thing or two about, air quotes, witchcraft. Yep. And he's like, y'all, Cora's a witch. Obviously. And he's like, and you're so lucky. I'm from Salem and I know what to do about you this. burn her. Well, <laughs> you do a test first. Oh, that's right. Not like, you know, go to trial like with a court and shit, but one of the main tests is, let me see if I can cut her hair off. And he's like, look, which I'm probably, I'm sure he had a very dull knife. Her hair is so tough. It's like rope. I can't cut it off. She's a witch. And they're like, well, let's do one more test. Yeah. Let's test it again. All right. The classic throw her out in the ocean. If she floats, she's a witch. If she sinks, oops. So they take her out in the ocean. They throw her into the ocean and up to the top. She floats. Like, bitch can tread water. Yeah. Okay? You should float. You should float. So, and, like, we all do actually float. I mean, mm-hmm. I think you're supposed to tie the witches with rocks. I think so, witches too. To see, and if they can, you know, yeah. float with the rocks attached to them, like, they're yeah. totally a witch. No, you're just buoyant. Well, I know. It's, not, it's <laughs> like they just threw her in and she like, went to the top. <laughs> and they're like, witch. So, all right, we have to burn the witch at the stake, Captain Blood says. So they take her, they drag her into the forest with her baby. And she's got, like, her baby in a carrier on her chest. And they tie her and her baby to a big oak tree in the forest. Uh-huh. And at this point, there, he's a, he's about to do the thing, and some of the locals were like, "Well, just wait, just wait, just wait yeah, just a minute." Blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, okay, maybe we should do a trial, and we're a little uncomfortable with the baby having to die too. Yeah, we're just not, we're just not quite sure. And Captain Blood is like. He really, really wants to burn this witch. This is what he wants to do today. He wants to do his favorite thing. He wants to do his favorite thing, and that's burn witches. Okay. Um, I have to say that the three hosts were all being really funny I'm at sure. this point, too. Um, so he's like, no, I'm definitely going to burn the witch. And I guess things kind of, the procedure kind of stops for a while. Well, they're like, um, we don't know. I mean, the baby, we're uncomfortable with uh-huh. this. And Captain Blood is having no more of this bullshit. Goes to grab a torch that's burning, and he is going to set her on fire. But as he goes to grab the torch, a strong wind blows through the forest, and all of the torches go out. And then the sky goes black, and there's a giant crack of thunder that shakes the ground, and then lightning strikes the tree that she's tied to. And it creates this, like, smoke effect, like Uh a smoke screen. And when the smoke clears... She's gone. The ropes are there, but Cora and the baby are gone. But she has left behind the letters C-O-R-A burning into the trunk of the tree. What? Cool. And the locals went, fucking respect. (laughs) We respect this. And they, ever since, are a little afraid that Cora is still around somewhere. Uh Uh-huh. And they have protected the tree. The really? tree is still alive, and the letters to this day are visible. I looked it up on Google today, and the, the host put a great picture on their Instagram, uh-huh. too. It looks like it's all uh, lowercase. looks almost like a childlike handwriting. Uh-huh. And it's burned right into the base of the trunk. And to this day, the locals on the island still care for that tree. And, in fact, at one point, they built a new uh, road on the island that would have called for the tree being torn down. And the locals were like, no, you cannot. No. So the road forks around the tree. And it is protected and is still there today. I need to see a photo because... We'll that, show you later. Well, yeah. And we should put it in like um, an Insta story this week. Sure. But um, if you burn something into a tree trunk and then the tree's growing, the core should be up at the top by now, right? It's been, well, trees go out. Trees grow up. 
Well, yes, I know they get taller. Yeah, they get taller. But their trunks get bigger over time, like the new rings uh-huh. every year. Which would you would think you would think that yes, it gets yes. that either it would go up with the tree or uh-huh. that the bark would go yeah. around it and three hundred years later or four hundred years moved. later has moved a story. That's what I'm saying. Like that's the creepy part. You would that's think it. that it would have moved at one point in time. Now look, I can believe that there was like a very fortunate strike of lightning and she, like the ropes were that tight and she took off yeah. and hid somewhere. Yeah, but the I can believe part. that. But the Cora into the tree. Also, I'm pretty sure if there was, if I were doing my detective work, I would check and see if the night before that guy washed up with a 666 on his head, if there wasn't a bar brawl with Captain Blood and his boys somewhere. Oh, shit. Because it sounds a lot to me like they killed a dude, and they're covering up for it by like, oh, you know what, we're in a 666 yeah. inside, and let's blame the witch. Well, no one thought, no, I don't think Blood is on the up and up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Cappy. Cappy. So, yeah. So, that is Murder, Myth, and Mystery, uh, episode 50. It was uh, back in April released. That's the story of the Cora Tree. Crazy. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Amy, something has been going around in the pop culture world in the past, like, week or so mm-hmm. that um, we both have talked about briefly, and there, of course, are podcasts about it, so I wanted to bring it to everybody listening to Podcast Rewind, and I want to fucking talk about incels. I am so stoked. You have no idea. So for those of you who don't know, an incel is somebody who um, self... Involuntarily celibate. Well, I was going to say self-describes, but yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> As being involuntarily celibate. Like, they'd like to have the sex, but it's just not happening for them. Like, they didn't choose this for them. This life chose them. Like, they didn't choose this life. It chose them. So I was um, playing around, and I found this really cool podcast called Things I Found Online. Okay. And so it's a panel of hosts, and they all, like, there's um, ex-like radio DJs, and then millennials, like, 20-something-year-olds. Okay. Here's our topics. Go out. Go listen to podcasts. Go read uh, articles about it. And then let's all come back together and recap everything that we just digested online. And so the most recent one that I listened to was Trends, Trolls, and Incels, of yes. course. And um, I will say the other day I, like, woke up, I got a... Huffing and post notification about, you know, this young guy found a group online. Now he wants to leave it. What it's like on an incel. And I was like, the fuck is that? And I kept on going. But so, like we said, involuntarily celibate. And um, so what we learn about in um, the most recent episode of Things I Found Online, and this just if you do want to go back and listen, this subject hits at the 43-minute mark. Oh, okay. There's, it's a, uh, over an hour long. Okay. And so I'm, like, skipping through. I'm like, get Good me that know. fucking incel shit. So um, what they actually share is that a woman named Alana started a private group on the internet to bond with others as she was going through, um, she's a Canadian woman, as she was coming out as um, queer. Okay. She was just trying to find other people who are like her and have a message board, a thread, and just say, like, hey, I'm self-identifying as queer, I'm coming out, I don't know how to navigate these waters, and I'm kind of like, you know, involuntarily celibate because of it. Like, I don't know what to do. So she started basically this old school Reddit thread, if you will, and it has dissolved into a world of revengeful men who truly believe women owe them sex. And that is where it's crazy. Like, this goes back to the 90s of this woman just innocently starting a thread. Mm -hmm. And so the thought with incels is that, you know, men are trying to date women and then not having sex and believing that there is a higher cause other than them and their personality. They don't want to take blame for it. Right. If you will. They believe there's something wrong with the women and that we are persecuting them by not fucking these assholes. Exactly. Um, One of the panel members, Audrey, actually said, like, oh, I 
went out with a guy who called himself an incel. And they were like, but she didn't really know about it. You know what right. I mean? Like they were dating and she spent the night with him and he didn't have sex with her. Oh, really? Like, Did she want to? Yeah. Okay. And so that's why she's like, why didn't you want to have sex? And he's like, well, I'm an incel. She was like, well, I was going to give it to you. And he was like, I don't want to sleep with you. I don't want to give women what they want due to the pain women have caused me. Whoa. How fucked up is that? And here's the thing. The real <sighs> reason we're bringing this to light and why it's come out is because, unfortunately, quite a lot of situations in the media with mass murders and shootings mm-hmm. have been due to the fact that men have felt personally you know, persecuted by the fact that a woman Rejected, rejected their advances, and that's not, not okay. okay. She doesn't have to date you. She doesn't have to sleep with you, but you don't get to be this person. You don't get to murder. You don't get to murder by any means. And so the moderator of the podcast was like, okay, like if something starts out so altruistically innocent, you know, like this one girl having this page, how does it get turned into something like this? She was like, you know knitting threads have been going on for years, but there's no way. <laughs> knitting threads, a.k.a. how to be super racist. Like, how did this take on that turn? And, like, how did it spark this bizarre revolution? So you just hear them talking a lot about incels and just, you know, what their thoughts were and just how not okay it is. But then I will say on another podcast that we listened to, I'd Be Friends With Us, they really broke down how the minds work of these yes, gentlemen. Yes, I heard that episode as well. And so um, they kind of tell you, like, that you know, women are categorized. And there's either a Stacy. Stacy is hyper-feminine, attractive, but unattainable. And Stacy only dates Chad. Who is Chad, you might ask? Chad is muscular. He's a popular man who presumably, due to all of those factors sleeps around and is lucky with women. And then there's Becky, who's considered to be an average woman and um, thin, tries really hard, wants attention, but is just quote-unquote average. And then they also talk about women as femoids or FHOs, which stands for female humanoid organism. And just belittling women down to just (laughs) a pair of tits and legs. Yeah, that's that's how they think. Yeah, so like... Their ideas as you go through hearing all about this, I definitely did some like quick Googling. Like their ideas of who women are are insane, but no matter what, these women are always white, thin, and attractive. Mm-hmm. And it goes on to say that like Stacey will never sleep with a, an incel, um, but they feel that they are owed the attention and sex from Becky. Despite whether or not Becky wants to sleep with them, they feel it's so very owed to them because, well, you're not as attractive as Stacey, so you should definitely at least want to sleep with me. And that kind of goes back to the not all guys. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like in the world of online dating, it's so tragic to see how men are behaving towards women. And no wonder it's so difficult to find a good guy. There is just all of this bullshit out there. I saw a BuzzFeed listicle this week where they were showing that like you can tell a guy and how they are based on how they've reviewed Tinder in the app. <laughs> okay, I'm interested. So if it's like, uh, app worked fine, but it was no different than every day, I always score. It's like, okay, we get your hot go okay. away. Okay, Chad. Okay, Chad. But then there are the guys that are like, this app sucks. I didn't match with anybody. Every this It was like, well, the app doesn't suck. Yeah, it works you just suck. fine. Nobody you wanted suck. to date you. Nobody wanted to date you, and nobody owes you anything. So it goes down to the fact that then incels see themselves at the bottom 10%. Like, they feel like if 10 women a week are having sex... 
then eight of them are probably sleeping with the same two guys somehow. Like in their mind, math chat, the math does not work, but they feel that they are the bottom 10%. They are fighting for like the leftover Beckys that can't get anything from the Chads and they're owed sex. It's so creepy. Well, but like, I heard on, sorry to stop you real quick, yeah. I heard on I Be Friends With Us that they're calling themselves betas. Uh huh. As in, there are alpha men and they consider themselves betas. And sort yep. of like, you know, the meek shall inherit the earth. They think they can <laughs> uprise yeah. and take over and the beta men can be on top. Yeah, exactly. And they truly believe that it's a mathematical reason that they're not having sex. It has nothing to do with them, their personality, <laughs> them living in a basement with their mother. Or their neck beard. Their neck beard, their inability to, you know, not wear three different pairs of flannel at the same time. <laughs> sad. Like, it's just, no, you're a dick. You have a shitty personality and you're treating people wrong. Mm-hmm. And the world owes you nothing. It is a privilege to be here. It is not a right. I mean, like, you know, you've got to, like, make sure that you're not an asshole to people. and People won't be an asshole back to you. And these incels, it's just like, oh, this rise can be ugly and nasty. And I pray that they are able to take it down by putting it out there on podcasts and blasting them. And blasting them because they're turning murderous. Uh-huh. That's and what's that's where about. it's not okay. They also believe that it's okay to, to rape a woman. Yeah. And one, one, I think it's becoming popularized right now because unfortunately there's a man running for Congress in Virginia mm-hmm. who is a self-proclaimed incel and, and a pedophile, pedophile openly and sees nothing wrong with it and runs an online forum, which has yeah. now been taken down, but, um, promoting pedophilia. Ugh. Like, uh, uh, it's uh, disgusting. And, and horrific treatment towards women. Like uh. if you do have a woman in your life, you're allowed to rape her. Uh, you may beat her, you may treat her however you want. This is why I don't watch a handmaid's because, tale. Because <laughs> the thought is that women have done such terrible things to these uh-huh. men and led them to this place where they're incels and revenge is allowable mm-hmm. and encouraged. I was talking to a guy friend the other day and I was like, oh, I can't stop learning about incels. And he's like, what is that? And I was like, cool, you don't know. Great. Now mm-hmm. we're, we, we may continue this conversation. If you're like... Oh, yeah, I'm in seven. It was so lovely. I'm deleting everything about you in my life. But, like, huh. he's like, what is that? And I was like, just Google oh it. And he came back. He's like, that is awful. Mm-hmm. He was like, I'm not doing great on the Tinder, but, like, this is <laughs> horrific. And I'm like, this makes me want to get off those internet dating apps. Um, out there. Oh, my God. So, so gross. But if you guys are interested in hearing more <laughs> about that stuff, definitely check out the recent I'd Be Friends With Us because they have a good, good girl chat about it as well. Yeah. And then, of course, like, the original one I said is things I found online. I love it. It was super good. I don't love incels. I don't love incels. I, I love, love learning about new, strange yes. subsets of people. Oh, it's so fascinating. It's like you just can't get enough, so you keep going and going, and you can go down a rabbit hole. For sure. Yes. So, everybody, we hope that you loved this episode and went down the rabbit hole with us. Uh-huh. Um, go pour yourself a drink, listen to all these podcasts, and check in with us next week for episode 34. That's right. And until then, do not forget... Be kind and rewind. Goodbye. Bye, guys.